to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys, the podcasting. I'm DJ Impact, and I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. We're all here this week, and it's exciting to see everyone. And welcome to all of you who are with us as well. Feel free to join us in the comments as you see fit. There, I'm sure you'll have a lot of opinion, and we'll make sure to get that on as we see fit. Uh, with that, if you're just listening to the podcast, you're not well, not able to join us live. Thank you for uh, for downloading and listening to that as well. All right, I feel like we got a lot on our mind, so let's get right into our three count. Let's go. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right. Let's get into our first count. One. Titled Sasha Banks and Naomi's walkout raises questions about their WWE futures. And this is from SportsIllustrator.com. Uh, All right. This is how it reads. It says, what's next for Sasha Banks and Naomi? Sasha Banks and Naomi are the reigning WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, but it appears they will not be the case for much longer. It says that Banks and Naomi walked out of Raw on Monday over a creative dispute that included the direction of that night show, as well as, as well as their future together. After receiving assurances from Vince McMahon over the past few months that there would be a renewed focus on the women's tag team titles, which should be the case when someone with star power of, uh, of Banks is involved, that has yet to happen since the duo won the belts over a month ago at WrestleMania 38. With frustration mounting, Monday's Raw served as the breaking point. Banks and Naomi ultimately returned their tag titles to John Laurinaitis, who is the head of talent relations, then walked out. So how exactly did this happen? The plan for Raw was a six-pack challenge match that would have ended with Naomi winning, including pinning Banks and becoming the number one contender for the Raw women's title. She would have challenged Bianca Belair for the title at the Hell in a Cell on June 5th, a match where all signs pointed to Belair winning. A pay-per-view match against Belair will, Belair will, even if ended in defeat, could have been a major moment for Naomi. But she ended, but, but she and Banks are taking a long-term risk by walking out, which is viewed as one of the biggest sins in pro wrestling. Now, McMahon and co. were quick to react. They did so publicly. WWE released a statement and had Corey Graves criticize their walkout on air doing Raw. WWE's official statement was undoubtedly designed to damage the reputation of Banks and Naomi, especially when stating Banks and Naomi, quote, claim they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those two individuals in the past with no consequence, end quote. 
Out of a dozen members of the WWE roster who spoke to Sports Illustrated for this story, no one believed that Banks and Naomi felt unsafe with any of their opponents in the match. But all those who spoke with Sports Illustrated agreed that walking out comes with negative consequences and that neither Banks nor Naomi endeared themselves to the locker room with their decisions. So walking out is an absolute last resort. Typically, it comes with negative consequences. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out on Raw in 2002, and it took him a long time before he returned to McMahon's good graces. To this day, Austin refers to that decision as a critical mistake. But this is a 2002, and Austin isn't involved. There are options available now that others simply didn't have in the past when walking out. And for those who have followed Banks for the duration of her career, it was a wise policy to never ever bet against her now banks met with vince mcmahon before returning her title sources close to the situation confirmed to sports illustrated and walking out closes this particular chapter of banks career but she is simply too big of a draw for wwe to lose so while it's when this while it's within the realm of possibility that mcmahon could cut banks and naomi it remains an unlikely proposition as proven by her work in The Mandalorian, Banks is a star with or without WWE, a fact that undoubtedly has not lost on McMahon. So to conclude, the um, the view of this writer is that Banks will be back by the fall with a raise. WWE may try to replace her, but that will prove to be an untenable pursuit. Naomi, meanwhile, is in a difficult position. She's the wife of Jimmy Uso, who's part of the fame bloodline. WWE's most influential group behind the scenes and led by Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And the potential exists that McMahon would treat her similarly to the way Paul Triple H Levesque was punished following his involvement in the, quote, curtain call from May of 96. And McMahon couldn't make an example of his champion, Shawn Michaels, who was involved in the infamous moment. So Triple H was the one who lost his push. He eventually overcame that obstacle, but there is no guarantee that the same will ultimately be said for Naomi, an extremely talented performer who would benefit tremendously from a consistent push from McMahon and his team. All right, let's get right into it. Simon Street, you wanted to point something out about this entire uh, craziness that went on. I'm going to let you kick it off. What is your take? So when I first uh, published this, this was literally, I think it was either Monday night, Tuesday morning, something like that. So a lot has happened even since then as it's been reported. So uh, that's why, as Impact was reading it, you can see the way it was read at first was fresh after the walkout. Um, I immediately was like, this is a work. And there's a huge part of me that feels this is still a work to a certain extent. But since that time, I kind of look at it as, okay, let's look at this twofold, right? On one end, if this is a work, this is probably WWE's best work to date to basically fabricate and make up a walkout cut, you know, make sure you tie up all the loose strings of social media with the changing of, you know, Sasha Banks uh, Twitter account now says uh, Mercedes. Um, and then uh, as the same with Naomi as well, you know, uh, kind of loose strings of saying it publicly, you know, on SmackDown, as well as mentioning it during the show. If this is the case, this is pure, sheer fucking genius. But on the other hand, if this isn't, this is going to be quite an interesting situation for WWE because what they never, ever counted on, because in this article, they talked about other people who walked out. Um, another person who also didn't quite walk out, but did make some statements 
uh, demanding things be changed. And they later fired him quite unceremoniously while he got married. That was a CM Punk. So the interesting thing about that is Sasha Banks is literally on her way up. She is already ascending to a John Cena rock type of, uh, of, of trajectory right now. Well, can and, I can I ask you a question? So yeah, let's yeah. so and and even the article was 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 giving props to um, Sasha saying, "Look, she's she's going to probably be okay. She's um, you know." I guess been in the Mandalorian and, and, and other e- events she would be a part of or whatever the case may be. She's going to be okay. But I would assume she would know that Naomi is not in that situation. Why talk her into at least maybe Sasha could have been the one that just dropped that belt and be like, I'm done. And Naomi is looking like, I don't agree with it. I mean, why well, what, 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 would, what would you take on that? Well, the, the the reason why Naomi did this, first and foremost, there's there's some reports that are saying that that it was a mutual agreement between the both of them. They both had a conversation. It was equally both desired to do the same thing, first and foremost. But also, too, you have to realize Naomi is not in a bad situation. For the longest time, even us four gentlemen have stated that Naomi has never really gotten a solid push. And as a female competitor in the WWE, she has been not only the mo- one of the most top athletic, She's always, whenever she's held the belt, it's been real. It's been good. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been the top top. And so she was always somebody that that needed that that push and never got it. So the interesting thing about all of this is, goes back to what this article said. If this is true, that the deal was that they would get a better push, not only as tag team competitors, but also to elevate, which WWE and Vince McMahon have not done, the WWE women's tag team as a championship has been a mockery. The only times that it's actually been taken seriously is in both occasions when you've had Bailey and Sasha Banks holding that belt and going to places like NXT to face other people, going to SmackDown. Right. They seem like they get momentum and they get cut short because, again, I'm going to say it like it is. I believe is my perspective. Mm -hmm. What I'm sharing is that WWE does not view the women's tag team as a actual priority. And so if that's coming to truth, Mm -hmm. this is a great thing that will happen not only for that women's division, uh, not because there's going to be a tournament, but because this is going to be a holding pattern. And basically, Vince McMahon is going to be thinking, look, how much do I got to pay you, right? When they say it's, uh, suspended indefinitely, most, most likely that means we're going to recondition, uh, renegotiate your contracts. And I do think, I don't think it's just going to be Sasha. I think it's going to be her and Naomi to make good on it because it almost looks like egg on the face of uh, WWE. It, it really, really does. Let me, I mean, let me they, get in here. Have to come out of it, so I'll leave it at that. Let me, let me get in here, Sensity. Let me just ask you right quick. I, before I even, before any of us knew that this was going to take place, there were many times I was watching their matches, and I would often think to myself, just I'll just go. First off, it always seems like that between the two, Naomi was the one that was mostly in the ring. Uh, mostly, uh, she would. She would win, but she would take the loss as well. But it wasn't really tons of Sasha. And since they, since this group has been created, I hadn't seen a lot of work with Sasha with this tag. It was really a lot with Naomi. Every week, I always was seeing mostly Naomi. I, I Now when you think about it, I guess maybe there was something there that I guess they saw more of it that, that you know, I guess I don't pay attention to now when I look back. But what, what's your perception of what you think took place uh, this past Monday night. So 
ultimately, the, the fact of it is this. We all know how um, Vince McMahon views tag team wrestling by this point. We all know how Vince McMahon views women's wrestling at this point. So it's pretty fair to guess that we can put into a priority list what, where exactly in the giant pecking order of everything WWE, where a women's tag team division falls mm. in order of Vince McMahon's um, order of preference. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, the division has been an afterthought since nearly the beginning. Um, and it, it doesn't take, um, it, it's not rocket surgery. You know what I mean? It's not something that it's difficult to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, uh, they were not put in a great position. Um, obviously, both members of the women's tag team championship team were slated to go to hell in a cell and lose to the respective champions of the brands. So obviously Ronda was going to go over, Belair was going to go over. Mm-hmm. So realistically, that was that was what they cooked up in their minds that they were going to do for this pay-per-view. Now, one thing that is very telling also is the fact that Hell in a Cell is going to be the only non-stadium show for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Because keep in mind, they're running Money in the Bank at Allegiant Stadium. Right. And then they are also running in in July as well. They're also running SummerSlam. So realistically, Hell in a Cell has become that Band-Aid pay-per-view, excuse me, premium live event. Yes. Um, Get and it right. so as a result, they don't want to use they don't want to use these bu- these bullets in the gun that they have, you know, to give these great matches that re- realistically could draw. Yeah. Um, now, I think that one thing that we haven't talked about necessarily is how this specifically was handled. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to complete an angle and you know leave after the end of the show. Uh, it's another thing entirely to leave during the middle of the show while the show is ongoing and then just, you know, expect for them to rewrite the rest of the show and to figure it out. Um, so definitely, I think that there should have been um, a little bit more professionalism. Now, I saw a lot of stuff online where a lot of people were complaining that you know the uh the fact that they brought it into the public this much and made this much of a of an ordeal of it is just the fact that it's a work um realistically i don't necessarily think that it is um but if it is kudos to the writing team because it's got everyone talking yeah and that's something that we all have to keep in mind now um the other thing that I'll mention mm-hmm. is, you know, in terms of people like Austin walking out and not doing the job for Brock Lesnar, um, that was done extremely early on in the day. Um, and keep in mind, Steve Austin is Steve Austin. 
no offense meant to Naomi or Sasha Banks. Yeah. But but it it, it would take a lot for either one of them to contribute as much to the business as Stone Cold Steve Austin did. Um, so realistically, I, I have a problem with how they were booked. I have a, also a problem with how they executed the walkout and the civil disobedience of not taking part in the angle and the storyline. Um, so I, it's, it's just a bad situation overall. Yeah. And hopefully they're able to, to patch this thing up uh, because it would absolutely suck for WWE to lose Sasha Banks because she ain't going to AEW. She's going to Hollywood if she's going anywhere. <laughs> no doubt. Let me ask you, uh, Mr. Michaels here. Um, I mean, some would say that, you know, when it comes to change and a lot of change that is happening over, you know, generations but even within the last century even in, in america when when change is happening it's always something that could be it could be extreme it could be something that you have to do something to make some noise to grab somebody's attention because having that talk having that one-on-one doesn't seem to be working so i gotta do something to grab your attention and for others to go boy that was really dumb in their mind they're going we have to make that change and if we're saying that and if, if the tag titles is something that has been being a joke, and maybe they've already had this discussion that they don't want this women's title to be a joke. They want this to be something taken a little bit more serious. And, and it was talked about that, okay, we'll get there. But they see that it's going the total opposite way. What is your take? Would you still agree with what actions they take as they're trying to make this change? Or do you say, no, it was still fucking wrong? Goodbye. Um, did you ever walk out of your job? I did once. Did you go back? Yep, got my job back too. But that right there was a was a huge, huge, huge gamble, and I had way more leverage than this situation. See, that's the whole thing. Um, you know what? What fascinates me that everyone see everyone thinks that oh they're a wrestling booker or a fucking insider blah 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 um these two performers have been with the company both over a decade you have no fucking excuse for this uh you know if you felt that the uh, tag team championships were not being taken seriously or whatever then you know what you do you go out there and you make every fucking match that you're given look great that's it you show the value in those championships and force them to book better matches for you. Now, Sasha Banks and Naomi have had champ the you know both had the championship for the women's divisions, so they're good. But they are not Charlotte, Becky, Ronda, or Bianca. Mm. So, and wow. quite, and quite <laughs> honestly, wow. Wow! You would not, but let me ask you this: Would you? Let me ask you this: Would you not even? Would you not even put? Would you not even put Sasha? No, no, hold on. Would you even not put Sasha in that group? No. Wow. Okay. The only thing Sasha Banks has ever done is lose in the main event of WrestleMania and pass off the championship. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Very simple. The, the, if you look at it like this, 
But you said it yourself. I hear you. I hear you. Go to Hollywood. She could go to Hollywood. That's great. But in terms of this company right now, she is not one of the top four women's wrestlers. What? Did you really just say that? Well, then let me ask you this, Simon Street. So Simon, who would so Simon, who would you take off that list that he named in the terms of the four if uh, that he I would named? say I would say I would say right now, truth be told, who's going to be taken off of that list? Well, who is would... going to be Becky Lynch because she has been slagging. She has been slagging. Thank goodness Oscar came back to be able what to get involved. Are you I'm just being real. About? I'm just being real. I'm just being not real. Being real. You're a fucking Sasha. I, no, I'm not a Sasha. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. So at the end of the day, why did they pick Sasha to go do the Mandalorian? How can they pick uh, Becky? Becky has more uh, on film experience than any of the four horsemen. What women. the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm You're saying... You're not talking about the Mandalorian. I just fucking said that I'm she could go to Hollywood, it. right? I said that. I said right, so in this company this right now, she is not one of the top four wrestlers. She is the top wrestlers four. Right she now. is the top four. So I'll tell you just right. to even, ask... Even over Bianca, and the reason why I'll say this is because people even over have Bianca. matches... I will tell you, the people that have yeah, matches with, with Charlotte, Becky... Sasha Banks or Bailey when she's there have all benefited from those matches. Now I'm not taking nothing uh, away from Bianca where she's going to go, but she hasn't gotten to that status of even closely being a ring general or even be even getting to the point to where any person that has a match with her is going to get elevated. That's my, that's what I'm saying. You know what? And what happened at SummerSlam this past year? Who was <laughs> supposed to wrestle Bianca and didn't? Cause she had COVID. You're going to blame somebody for having COVID. That was never proven. <laughs> and oh no one God. has ever oh come God. out and said she had COVID. That person in Sasha Banks has fucking thrown fits in the hallway after WrestleMania. That's, 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 no Riley, Riley that's no different than Hulk Hogan. That's no different than Macho Man. That's no different than the Ultimate Warrior. What that's no different than Stone Cold Steve Austin. About? I'm just telling you, the this history of WWE, the best people have been the people <laughs> bitching and throwing fits. Vince don't want a loser. I'll shut up because I'm tired of taking your time. <laughs> well, no, we definitely you're, you're 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 making me sick because you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Well, then continue Randy to and choke on reality, brother. Yeah, what are you, you talking about? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're dead wrong, bro. You're dead wrong. You Come are on. fucking she, insane. She, she is one of the top four. Look, look at the record. Look at the record compared to what we have now. Well, let me. Well, let me. Well, let me ask. Yeah, let me. She's, she's so. She's oh. so good that they made her the tag team champion. Because guess what? She's not one of the fucking top wrestlers in the company right now. So what if you find out that this whole time that we've had these incidents with Josh Mix because she's been the Let number one proponent of wanting to elevate the women's tag team titles? What if that's the number one thing? She don't give a shit about doing anything else but raising that up. Okay, can I? Hey, so let against me. Against two. Against two. Who are the tech? You have to build it. I said, if you fucking listen, I said, I if she listen. was professional, they would have fucking elevated the belts themselves. Okay. They didn't. Complain, complain, complain. Fucking stop complaining. It has everything let, to do with the, w, the WWE stop. does not care about women's wrestling as it is. Let me ask and you this. The core Simon, let, hold on, Simon you Street. Won't, you won't even sit there and say it. The, the so WWE doesn't give a shit about wrestling. They don't give a shit about women's wrestling. Really? They don't give a shit. Really? They only that, like it when it's trending. When it's trending and women are out, they're the great. But when the women want to fucking about? grow, when the women want to grow in their division, that's, I'm sorry, you're Simon, like Simon, Simon, I got a, we got, just right quick, we got, we got Chris that says, we got Chris, hey, 
Chris says, hey, the Michael, he said, Michael speaking the truth here. Sasha hasn't done anything in at least three years. And he says, all four of those women Michael's mentioned all have one thing in common. They have all evented WrestleMania night. Um, is that a good point right there, Simon? I mean, because remember, I just wanted to ask you, it's, it's really difficult to say that Sasha doesn't seem like she should be a part of the top four. But there are facts also that must be looked into. And this was one of the ones that was brought up. I mean, if this is true, when it is true, does she then need to be in the top four that is mentioned? Just based on these comments. Based on this comment, the last three years, she has not done anything, as you would say, in the mm -hmm. ring. And that's where I agree with Michaels. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. When you elevate any product, you have to look at two types of people you're trying to garner. The people who are your regulars and the people that aren't. And I'm going to be honest with you. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks just made women's wrestling relevant among people who don't even watch women's wrestling because of what they did over WrestleMania. Now, um, now, that one. now, Ultra Sports Talk said, uh, hey, how can they elevate the tag titles if they're being put in single matches? I agree with that 100%. That has a lot of... So, I guess here. the question is becoming is, do they have a... Is there... Does anybody see... Is anybody on their side and seeing why they did what they did? Or is it just... Are There's we looking at it in terms of... Hey, you just don't walk out on the business, and that's just the way it is. There's a lot of people. It There's goes a lot of people that... There's a lot of people supporting them. A lot of people. You have, uh, you know, uh, Bailey, Pamela, who's who's supporting her. You have people like, uh, uh, what you call FTR, that over at AEW are supporting her. You're having lots of people. You're going to start seeing Porter because this is bigger than just a walker. Don't get me wrong. It sucks that you had to be unprofessional. But if you're going to prove a point, because this is bigger, because WWE. What point are they proving? Let me finish. Let me finish. The point is this. Spit WWE half-asses the women's revolution. They have asked women's wrestling. It's always been a thing to where, oh, really? we're going to go ahead really? and push you when it's how's, when it's how's, business How's for it us. working for the other company? The other company is still trying to get their bearings under them. I've never once said that so, AEW. So then, who elevated women's wrestling in this world? Then, who's revolutionizing it right now? Have been those four horses. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, well, no. See, you keep every time a good point is made. You go and you basically go, yeah, right. He just said something. That's right. I better say something else. No, the truth I'm not of the matter that. is, is that WWE has elevated the women they bigger than they've ever had in their whole fucking careers. Half-ass vision man. Half-ass vision man. Because at the end of the day, a lot so, of these women. No, okay. I'll tell you, hey, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No, 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 no. Let me speak. Sin City, what? pass me the popcorn. Tell me what? right now. <laughs> Tell me right now, they're half-assing it, right? Okay, so what the fuck do you do on your program then that isn't half-assing it? What do you do? First of all, you kind of look and see what's happening outside of your show and see, like, okay, look, at the end of the day, okay. Outside well, this of what, your show, your show is the I'm, standard I'm, I'm for making women fucking show up in the fucking thing. My apologies if my first four words were not inconducive to what you wanted me to answer. Can I finish the rest of my statement, please? Sir? If you can speed it up there, yeah, we've been yeah, talking yeah, for 30 yeah, fucking yeah, minutes about yeah, this. Whatever. Yeah. The fact of the matter is what you need to do with your show is, number one, is realize that a lot of the best matches that have been somewhat consistent have been some of your women. And there's a lot of women who have potential 
on your brand who have not really gotten the chance to have it because you're not throwing everything at them to help them develop. Who? Who? There's been tons. Freaking Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. That's one person that right now you're putting her in a freaking judgment day, which isn't hard. You're putting her next to a fucking Hall of Famer. But look what the work that you had her go through with freaking Charlotte. Look at the great match Naomi had with Charlotte. Yeah, and guess what? She's only like 26 fucking years old, dude. Uh, she has time. Well, who else that is not on. fucking Rhea Ripley? That, you can on. tell me Nikki Ash. You Nikki Ash on. and fucking Doudrop? Okay, all right. All right. There we go. All right. I forgot I got that bill. My bad. All right. You got to keep this shit under control, Impact. I'm sorry. Guys, I... I apologize. I uh, I forgot I ha- I have the controls here. Um, okay, good stuff. Um, it's it's nothing like a. Uh... That was fun though. I, 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 that was a lot of fun. All right, let's move over into our our second uh, count here. Now this is where we, this is really about to be uh, really tough here for uh, Sin City Steve. He's about to get his attitude on. So let's let's go into that one. It's titled "Tony Khan takes shots at WWE creative process while talking about his own." And this is from KHSideSeats.com. It reads: Forbes recently released the above. Well, there's a video uh, interview with AEW owner President Booker Tony Khan, uh, which uh, was released on May 16th, and it appears to be. A longer version of a conversation Tony Khan had with the magazine last year, but much of it is general enough that it is still relevant. The section making the rounds on the Wrestle Web comes from the three minutes closing section, Tony Khan's creative process. As you read this quote, you'll understand why. And this is a lot of quote here, so let's uh, get to it. This is what he says. When we started AEW Dynamite in October 2019, I had never officially written a wrestling TV show. All of my experience writing TV shows and wrestling have been exclusively imaginary, and all those episodes of Dynamite and Rampage, for that matter, were shows that I had been creating at home for fun as a hobby. When it came to practical TV writing experience, I didn't have it, so I did lean more on people around me, and I would try to trust my instincts, but it's hard when you don't have have as much experience and I do take a lot of pride in booking I I work with a lot of really smart people what I think I do a good job of being organized dealing with a lot of different people and going to for ideas I have a lot of great creative minds that that are in the company that I could have full-time access to like Chris Jericho and Kristen Cage and John Moxley has great ideas and now CM Punk and Brian Danielson Adam Cole have come in with great ideas I try to keep it all organized and balanced, and I find I found it's helped me a lot writing of the of, of the shows myself. I don't really understand the idea of having a lot of different people write the show, and then a person will go in that day of and rip it to pieces and try to come up with new ideas. To be honest, when I hear about somebody going in and they have a TV show on Monday that they rip up, my first thought is, well, what are they what were you doing all weekend? Because I worked my ass off on the weekends. So I don't do anything myself, but I do make the final decisions on everything. I put the format together. I put an outline of what the show is going to be for Dynamite and Rampage. I write it by hand, and I don't understand why you're going to come in and rip up a show that you should have a pretty 
good idea what it is. You should have approved. You should have approved it where Monday we know what we're doing. Things change on the day of the show. Not that I never change my mind on the day. I do, but not where I'm going to change everything. I might change one or two things around on instinct or because something happened. But for the most part, like I, I like to have a good idea of what is going to be on a show next week and the week after. I really believe that fans like that we try our best not to insult their intelligence. Sorry about that. Uh, I do try to make the shows compelling and also logical. And I think that's one of the challenges because a lot of times people come to you with ideas and it's hard because everyone's got their own approaches and their own philosophies, but there's a tone to the show. So I really just want people to go out and make the points and keep the stories going. But I'm not so autocratic that I want to control every word somebody says on television. And I think that's also why some of our interviews, our storytelling and promos are really strong, I believe, in quote. Now, most folks, um, it says most folks reading about wrestling on, on uh, okay, I think that's pretty much it. We'll just stop there. It looked like they were writing some other stuff here. Okay, so that's on the uh, title. Tony Khan takes shots at WWE creative process while talking about his own Mr. Michaels, this was uh, your article. What's your take on it? Um, so the reason it's my article is because I just love the brutal honesty of I uh, I only had experiencing making shit up in my head. I think that <laughs> is brilliant. Um, it just goes to show you that when you are a billionaire and you have no friends and you are very isolated – that this is the kind of thing that you do. You make shit up. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that in itself. Yeah. That was good. One. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. No, this, this is a good point. It says, uh, we, uh, from all, uh, Ultimate Sports Talk, uh, said we had an awful Serena Deep promo this week. Maybe someone should spend more time controlling words. And, you know, that's the thing. The thing is, is that Tony Khan likes to, uh, you know, anytime he can basically say that he is a better booker than, you know, the WWE or, or anyone else, apparently, you know, Ted Turner, um, that he knows what he's doing. But yet he contradicts and says he doesn't know what he's doing. Thank God he has people around him who know what they're doing, like CM Punk and John Moxley and Chris Jarrett. Oh, all the guys who are in the WWE. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So you're you're putting down the way one thing is done but yet at the same time you're taking advice from all the guys who have gone through that system and know what makes that system successful yeah and, and i also, think that and also what doesn't make it successful exactly sure mm -hmm. sure that's the thing too you pull stuff out that doesn't make it successful and that's that's the thing the biggest thing that wrestling fans today will not own up to and that is and whether it's the the argument we just had about you know the, the tag team championships or you know talking about um you know certain gimmicks uh retribution comes to mind that really fucking failed right what you have to though counterbalance is the fact that the company 
if if this was so bad, if Vince McMahon was as bad at this as it's you know wrestling fans like to make it seem, then the WWE wouldn't have lasted past 1996. Hmm. You know, it's a it's a it's you know it's just a fact, and I think that the one thing that Tony Khan I think gets wrong is this. He needs to focus more on the operations in the office. Don't make it about the booking mm -hmm. because you just hired a guy in, in Regal who could be fucking one of your head guys just lining everything up and doing the process. You could oversee it. You could give approval, but focus on the business end and building that fucking audience because that's, you know, that's one of the things he doesn't say anything about, ironically enough, in this. Vince is a horrible booker. He'll just rip shows up, blah, 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 blah. That's good. What is Vince doing, on the other hand, that you're not doing? And that is, even in this time with declining, declining ratings, they're still turning the biggest profits as a company that they've turned in the history of their company. So you can rip down all you want, the creative. But the truth of the matter is, is that the business structure is set for a long term and has been since they went public. Tony Khan has never gone public with his figures. We don't know if he has a successful company outside of just knowing ratings and, and uh, pay-per-view buy rates. So are they turning a profit? We don't know this stuff. But the one thing Tony sure makes us aware of is I didn't know what I was doing, but I do. So it's great. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's go right over to you then. Uh, City, what is your, uh, your take on this, um, this story? I, I view this as somebody who sees his faults and whether he chooses to act on it is a completely different thing. Um, I, I think that it's very, very interesting and very telling that Tony Khan is doing everything that he can to not be Vince McMahon when in all actuality he is becoming Vince McMahon. And yeah. it's it's happening right exactly before our eyes. Um, of course, you know, he Tony Khan has said that he he gives the final approval on everything. Who else do we know in the in the wrestling industry and in the business that does that as well for his brand? Um, and it's not just it's not just one show that uh, that Vince McMahon writes every single week, sometimes two and three times because, you know, he rips them up. Um, but, yeah, Tony, he has the final approval on on Dynamite on rampage and he said that he's going to be booking roh too so yeah <laughs> yeah have fun with that um and you know just to to go back to a comment that was made earlier um about the serena deeb promo and that maybe we should have uh maybe we should maybe someone should spend more time controlling words quite frankly i agree um ultimately they had to give they had to give this type of a promo. This was the this Serena Deeb promo was the first time I believe that they've given her a microphone for an extended period of time outside of 
just having her shoot a pre-tape in the back. And now we see that delivering these types of promos are not her strong suit. So hopefully they'll give her either bullet points or they'll go ahead and actually script outlines for her to say um, if she has this type of an opportunity again. Um, Ironically on that point too, if you think about it, when she was in the WWE, her biggest potential and biggest showcase was shaving her head and becoming yeah. part of Punk's thing Straight where edge. you had a talker. So yep, exactly. that is that is a very good point, Steve. And so the the other thing to keep in mind, um, I actually I think that this um this somewhat plays into our first count as well. Because you kind of have to wonder um this specific incident, not the not count two playing into count one, but uh the Serena Deeb thing you have to think how much of the motivation to actually air that promo was on the heels of what happened on Monday, where you had two very, very notable and influential women walk out of a company and you're going to, we already said, um, we said it in wrestling talk. uh, If you didn't hear it already, that uh, the show ran long. And so they had to cut into certain things. One thing that they didn't cut whatsoever was this promo. So this, this one was definitely high up on the priority list. Was that done because of uh, the fallout of what happened with Sasha and Naomi? Um, because obviously there had to be the lines from Serena about shaving her head and putting breast implants into her body mm-hmm. and the sacrifices that she made for, the, for her, her career. Um, so it's, it's very interesting how everything just kind of plays together without playing together. Right. Um, no, I didn't intentionally give a scissors, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that I genuinely hope that that TK hands off some of the, the final, um, the final sign off or, you know, the, the, the final stamping, if you will, of on screen storylines or promos yeah. or scripting of words to other people that can help him and he actually can delegate. That's going to be the biggest thing on whether or not AEW succeeds is whether or not Tony Khan is able to delegate these things yeah. to other people. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Simon Street, I, I guess if you're definitely going to delegate, you got you want to definitely have some trust in someone to be able to, you, you believe that it would be able to, uh, you know, handle the creative process. Um but let me ask you, though, is that really Simon Street? Um, is it really something to criticize someone who does, for whatever reason, been in Vince McMahon, been in this business for a long time? And I think even though something may be written out and he feels strong about it on the night before, gut feeling is saying nah i'm not gonna go along with it should should he should you really be looked down at that for making those type of decisions because even if he feel he hasn't tony hasn't done that yet maybe there would be a moment where he feel that it will no i don't think that uh he should criticize him uh some many many would say to beat the man to be the man you got to beat the man well, I'll add to that and say that you're going to get the same opportunity when you're about to beat the man, when you get to the crossroads and do something different. But just make sure when you roll that dice and you take that first step in that direction, that you're willing to live with your convictions and decisions. And that's what Tony Khan's going to come up to, because let's be real. In a matter of big bank, take little bank. 
he got bigger bank leasing his own pocket. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come to a decision where, like you just said, in that moment, is he going to come up to those decisions where he's going to go right, you know, Monday night, like, oh, shit, I got to rip this up. We got to start from scratch. He probably will. But I hope that he'll start having proper people around him, not that he doesn't already, but people who can handle more of the business side, delegate so he can take some of those hats off so he can focus in on two things, taking a step back, seeing your business and how it can grow organically without having to bring in people from WWE, no offense to those people in the future coming over, but also to find a way for you to diversify what you've started. Find new avenues. And I think that Tony Khan does have that mind frame, but he's going to have to do a lot of different things in the next couple of years because WWE is a hard mountain to topple, but you got to start step by step. And I think that this article, I will say I liked it because he did one thing that Vince Man has never done. Yeah. Appear to be human. Vince Man. Even even in his documentaries where he puts on that bullshit, I felt bad about all these different things that happened. And, and no, that that's bullshit. Vince McMahon selling tapes and shit. He ain't a hundred percent honest. This man basically said, "I don't know what the fuck I'm doing." I got him kudos for that. And if he really does mean that, he'll fix some things. Yeah. All right. With that, we'll go over into our. Count three. And this one is titled Backstage WWE Office Updates on Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. And this is from WrestlingInc.com. This is how it reads. While there is no time frame for her return, Stephanie McMahon will resume her duties at WWE's chief brand officer in the future, according to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. It was also noted that Paul Triple H Levesque, he returned to his office duties full-time after suffering a cardiac event last year. During his absence, Stephanie was apparently forced to take on many of his responsibilities. Now, Dave Meltzer reports that Stephanie's leave of absence was absolutely her choice, and the decision to step away from WWE for a while have been have been made some time ago. And this is not something Stephanie decided to do yesterday, nor does it sound like she was forced or pressured to relieve her duties. And although Stephanie was contemplating taking a break for some time, it was also noted that virtually no one within WWE knew about Stephanie's impending exit except for a few who remained tight-lipped until Stephanie released the info on Twitter. And this echoes uh, reports uh, from yesterday about who within WWE knew this was coming. And they say uh, yesterday, yes, this uh, article came out on May 20th. It says, in Stephanie's tweet, she mentioned that she was taking time away to focus on her family, although that this is a big part of the reason for her departure. It was also stated that there is likely more to it, and the few people who knew weren't saying much, except that some of the basic reasons being given are not accurate. As far as what Stephanie's decision means for the future of WWE at this point, there's only speculation. The newsletter also confirmed what WrestleNomics reported last night that WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan will be taking over most of Stephanie's duties with immediate effect. Furthermore, all those who previously reported to Stephanie will now be reporting to Khan. So Stephanie McMahon uh, has been the public face of WWE for nearly two decades. Besides being the CBO, she is the member of the WWE's Board of Directors. And aside from Vince McMahon, she remains the only original McMahon family member actively working for the company. Stephanie 
also owns 2.5% of WWE stock, which is valued around $116 million. And with that, uh, Sin City Steve, this was your article, man. What's your take on it? Well, well, well. This is uh, quite interesting, huh? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, Triple H has, redoomed, has resumed his duties, uh, his office duties full-time. Um, and uh, now, Stephanie is taking some time away from the business and from WWE as a whole. It's complete speculation as of right now uh, as to just how long she's going to be gone. Uh, the article did mention that. Um, the thing that I find interesting is that of all people, it's going to be Nick Khan who takes over Stephanie's roles and uh, duties um, within the offices mm-hmm. of WWE. Um, it's it. I, I saw a meme uh, immediately after this whole story came out, and it was uh, if you guys have ever played Mortal Kombat. Um, after you're completing the, uh, the ladder mode, uh, after you win a match, you've got the photo of the fighter and it just moves up and it just keeps on going up this ladder. And yeah, so Nick Khan's, uh, photos climbing up that ladder at WWE pretty quick. Yeah. Already passed Shane, already passed Hunter. Now he's passed Steph. So, uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting close to final boss territory. Um, and again, he's kill I think off God. That, what's that? He's going to kill off God. Oh, jeez. No, I, I think that it's it's if it's if it's health related, um, you know, either physical or mental health related for Stephanie. I hope that you know she takes whatever steps that she needs to uh, to get everything straightened out with her life. Uh, or whatever's going on behind the scenes, because it's completely, um, yeah, it's complete speculation at this point. Um, however, it's uh, it's it's very interesting that uh, another thing happened. Stephanie takes some time away, and they just so happen to bring in somebody else that has experience being a chief brand officer. That was a joke, obviously. Uh, I'm talking about Brandy fucking Rhodes. Um, (laughs) And that's that's who's going to be coming uh, and resuming Stephanie's duties, I'm sure, is uh, Brandy Rhodes will be the chief brand officer, or excuse me, the chief brandy officer of WWE in just further proof that we are living in a fucking simulation, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You do do realize, Steve, as soon as you brought up her name, uh, the eyes on the product just went down on our clicker. (laughs) <laughs> so that's how that's on how poison clicker did you just say on down on her clicker on Ooh. our clicker oh i just said her clicker. the eyes right. watching us well yeah well uh, cody hasn't gone down on her clicker since she's had a little kid so. <laughs> and now they went up see we we talk about Ta-da. we talk about clicking all right well let's well, would you say would, would you say that that would be the countdown to cody Oh, it could be. I mean, <laughs> Cody definitely found her click. Hey, whatever that countdown was, by the way, it definitely worked because the third hour ratings were higher than our number they two were. last week on Raw. Oh, I'm so sure. That, look for that shit to happen every week right. going forward. Absolutely. It's the Cody countdown. Well, let me well, let me ask you, Simon Street. What's your take on this? You know, Stephanie saying, "Hey, I mean, I I want to take 
some time off and be with the family. You know what I mean, is that kind of kind of weird to kind of be happening right now, or she just wants, or you just think she wants some time off? I'm gonna preface this a little bit because when I first saw this, why was there a part of me that said, "Oh, this is normal." You see, uh, you know, Shane for a little bit, he goes away. Then you see Triple H for a little bit, he goes away. Then you see Stephanie goes away. It's 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 kind of like a bad case of herpes. They always come back, don't they? So you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, not saying Stephanie McMahon is a herpes. I'm just saying, just in general, they always come back. But my point is, one great thing I want to say about this is. Kudos to her taking the time off because none of us can even imagine what it feels like to lose, almost lose your significant other and still maintain the family business per se. That had to be completely emotional overload for her. And even Triple H said it in his interview with Stephen A. Smith. She is the rock of our family. So let's add that to her her regular duties. Mm -hmm. You have brand officer. You have... The Rock in the house. And we don't mean Dwayne Johnson. We mean she is The Rock. <laughs> and you have to worry about losing your husband in such an abrupt fashion. You know, uh, so shout out to, to her as a human being, as an individual. I hope that she takes the needed time that she has to take off for whatever reason it is. And I'm sure she'll be back. With regards to Nick Khan, I will be honest with this. Um, Nick Khan when I first heard about him, I didn't have much to say. But after really doing some research and looking into a little bit what he has to offer, this this actually is 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 is, is the best thing that could happen to WWE. And we're gonna find out in the next five years. Because we've always used to talk about for the longest time, once Vince McMahon dies, which would inevitably happen, uh, you're gonna need somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing to be able to take this company over into the next generation. And, you know, I have full confidence in Nick Khan. Yeah, there's some certain things that we probably want to agree with, but, hey, we're wrestling fans. We are some of the most bitchiness, complainingest, like freaking fake-ass fantasy booking people, but we love the product and we'll always come back like an abusive relationship. And that's just the nature of it. And I think Nick Khan understands. He understands the business. And I think that he anything he has, we're going to be good. But that's pretty much all I have to say. All right, let me go over into uh, Matt Michaels. Are you all right with, uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot of Nick Khan. Are you all right with him pretty much being the uh, head honcho, being that uh, Stephanie is saying, hey, I want some time off? Um, Yeah, because I think that what wrestling fans tend to do is lump uh, the McMahons together in the idea of booking – and business and everything, you know, as just one thing, but it primarily comes down to, it seems the fans react as if Stephanie's going away means the creative process is, you know, Oh my God, the SmackDown lost their creative person. But the truth is, is that Stephanie hasn't done anything on creative forever. Yep. No, 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 not never. She, she was, but it's been years. It's been a number of years since she left that portion Mm -hmm. to go over to the, the, um, the title that she had as, as uh, uh, you know, chief, chief, chief brand. Yeah. Um, so in, in that being said, um, yeah, Nick Khan is, it's a, you got the right guy because he knows sports. Now you've got another executive coming in who was one of the heads of Disney. All right. So you have now another person 
who will be very, uh, very much uh, looking over, I believe, the marketing aspect of things. So when you look at that, um, you know, you have an entertainment person, a sports person. Um, eventually, you know, everyone likes to jump to, oh, they're going to sell the company. They don't have to sell the company. All right. When you have this kind of structure, then you have other people running the aspects of the business that, um, you know, th that Vince and, you know, the family and then some of the close associates of Vince who have passed on, you know, or had to retire because they're, you know, everyone who worked with Vince uh, outside of, uh, you know, Pritchard and Pritchard's even in his 60s now, you know, everyone's getting older. So that old regime's out. You want to set the company up for success. Notice Stephanie still has a huge portion where once the company continues to make more money, that little brick of 2.5% or whatever it was, mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus, it's already over a hundred million. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, so, so in those regards of the business, I think everything's fine. I also think that, um, you know, Sean here did say, uh, and, and it was a point that I was definitely thinking about, and that's the kids. Uh, the oldest right now, she's you know, high school age. I can't imagine a mother who can take the time away from the company wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, You know, that's, that's the whole thing. And let's face it, how many years did she lose of watching the kids grow up you know um i can't wait until their nanny writes a book <laughs> i think that would be fascinating to read right um so i think you know it's a very it's a very uh it's a very interesting you know way of putting it out there that she's stepping away and you have to just kind of breathe and go you know does it does it really affect anything? And really, it doesn't. Um, you know, we've touched on everything else, the, you know, Hunter's health. And, um, you know, the, the other thing, too, is um, Stephanie is someone who I think got a little bit more of Vince's aggression in terms of work. And... You know, Shane has been always kind of a balance. You know, he he's left. He's come back. He's been fired. He's come back. You know, it's it's that type of thing where Shane is kind of his own person in a sense. But Stephanie really is identified with the brand. Right. And I think that, you know, when you get to a point and, and another thing that hasn't been brought up is um something that's been speculated a little bit could it be vince's health or linda's health that you know maybe they're you know taking the step back maybe you know just kind of you know there to kind of not have to do business but can be there if, if anything's needed yeah i'm sure vince's diapers need changing nowadays so. <laughs> let me ask you all just a quick question and, and pretty much just the end of the show and this is just a, a straight yes or no you don't have to really go deep into it i just want to know yes or no when vince mcmahon is no longer able to do anything uh in wwe are you guys okay with wwe 
not being ran by a McMahon? That's the question. No McMahon at all. No Steph, not uh, Shane. Um, can, you, can you clarify? Can you clarify yeah. the business or the creative? The Operations, you mean? I, well, I would. Uh, well, let's let's look. So this will be television wise. Let's look at a creativity. Creative. It has nothing to do with creative. That's that's my feeling with the McMahons. If if they're gone, some someone either one of them will be in creative, or mm. someone who you know has been groomed will get into creative. I think that. Okay, so, so then your answer is no. Yeah, I think more so it's it's the business that's that's uh, you know. Will the other two want to answer? That can you re can you restate the question? Because I feel like the question morphed into two different statements. <laughs> Is uh, it just me? <laughs> are, are you guys okay? Uh, so after there was Vince McMahon no longer is able to do anything within the company. Are you okay with WWE uh, being uh, not being ran by a McMahon? So Stephanie's not involved. Shane's not involved. It's whoever Nick, whoever. Yes. Are you, you'll be okay yes. with that. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 All right. Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. Yes. Got you. Um, Sean brought a, a good question up. Um, that is what uh, has gone on with WWE stock since this announcement. It's up. It's up, Sean. Um, it's up to uh, uh, looks like $60.91, which is uh, uh you know, roughly up a little bit from where it was. Uh, yeah, roughly a little bit where it was on on Monday. It was it was down to like it was fifty eight twenty four. So it's gone up. I believe it. I believe it. Um, which, is, I'll, which is key considering most of the stock market is actually down. Yeah, that's a great point. I will also say this again. I said it when we first started this podcast within the first hundred episodes. I remember we had a conversation like this and I said that within the next five years, wrestling will evolve to the next level. This is what we're seeing it. And if please, when y'all ever get a chance to listen, let me know what episode it was. Cause I've been combing through our archives and having to find, I know I said it. And cause I know Michael shut me down for a second, but I think it's the way I put it in context. This is the new evolution. And AEW, dare I say, is part of that and what they do in the next three years. I think you're going to start seeing wrestling as just a main stage, just differently, just being run differently. Um, really quick, one of, one of the things about, um, you know, I think uh, something was said about um, the punishment for uh, Sasha and Naomi. And this is something that we were just talking about Triple H that I find really interesting about wrestling fans. Um, it's always associated that Triple H got punished um, for the uh, the curtain call. Click the click, right? Yeah. And then what is usually said? He got put into like a hog pen match, right? You guys realize that the hog pen match was actually December seventeenth, nineteen ninety five, and the curtain call was in May of ninety six. Wow! So this is the kind of shit that happens with wrestling. <laughs> where stuff has just been accepted as truth yep. and it's not a fact. So when we look at all this and we have these arguments and stuff, this stuff is just fun for us to have so, these arguments and fun. Um, 
and um, and I do have it, uh, you know, in mind that, you know, listen, in the end, it really doesn't affect us, no. right? Because we're not making money from them. It's not our jobs. So all we can do is have fun with it. And if we stop having fun with it, then, uh, you know, it's time to move on to uh, Chippendales here in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen the show, it is on fire. And let me tell you, there's an open audition Thursday nights for Dad Bod Nation. <laughs> well, guys, listen, uh, first off, let me thank everybody for hanging out and uh, with us. And, and um, you know, ultimately, like it was just said, this is pure entertainment. That's why we do this. None of us uh, get any paychecks for, for this. Uh, we do this uh, purely just for um, just for fun something to talk about, and uh, we're glad that you're here to join with us. Uh, it's good that all of us don't sit and agree, because if we agree on everything, this would be very boring, and then we would have no one listening, because they'd be like, oh, I agree, I agree, I agree. So sometimes you're going to have those debates. So uh, we appreciate you for, uh, for being a part of that. If you happen to be coming to Las Vegas Memorial Day weekend or even before the weekend, we always ask you definitely to drive safely, uh, People seem to act a little bit uh, cray-cray on the road uh, during the time where there's lots of people on the road. Just be safe. A lot's going to be going on this weekend. Uh, but we're out of everything that will be going on, we're definitely calling out uh, a lot of wrestling that would take place, starting with AEW's Dynamite on Wednesday, which would be at the uh, Michelob uh, Arena. And uh, that's pretty much where the um, uh, Mandalay Bay is is and then you also have rampage there and then um and then you will have the double or nothing at t-mobile arena on sunday but for the rest of the week you're also going to have lots of great indie wrestling uh future stars of wrestling uh will be putting on shows gcw will be putting on shows a, a lot of those uh will be taking in the same um i believe it's the silver nugget uh casino so uh if you want more information, we will have it on our social media. Um, you also can look at some of these other social medias as well. But uh, but definitely come out, and you may see any one of us there. If you see one of us in our Vegas Bad Boy shirt, come and say hello. We would love to just uh, meet uh, our listeners in, in whatever capacity, if it's online or if it's just regular podcast. Just come through and say hello. We, we will be out and about while all of this is going on, all right? So we appreciate that. Uh, with that, we're going to get into our final thoughts for the evening, and uh, let's kick it off with our very own Simon Street. What do you want to tell the peoples? Well, everybody, uh, goes without saying, got a lot of wrestling coming up. It's super exciting for uh, every one of us. And, um, you know, outside of all that, it's also Memorial Day weekend, so continue to be safe out there. And uh, try to be kind to one another because there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in this world. And um, that quick couple of minutes of just walking away from an argument or maybe not honking at somebody or just, you know, whatever the case that would make you come out of yourself. Try to turn to your better side and your humanity, because really humanity equals a good heart. Good heart equals good vibes and good vibes equals a good time. No doubt. Thank you. Well said. Sin City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the shit that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you. Also, special 
Thank you and special shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country. Whether you're on lands foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. We appreciate you. And last but certainly not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout and save yourself 15%. No doubt. Thank you, Sin City. Matt Michaels. You know, this is um, – so one of one of the guys I know uh, was watching, and um, he, he has a little inside knowledge um, into the Stephanie situation. This is – Hmm. Um, so, so apparently, um, what was released wasn't from Stephanie herself. It was from the WWE as a statement under her account. Um, I guess it says so early on, uh, on, uh, Tuesday morning, Stephanie apparently walked into Vince's office and laid down her title of chief brand officer, and uh, she walked out on the company. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and next you're going to tell me that the same people who are running AEW social media found a way to become hackers and hacked into WWE social media and did this to Stephanie. <laughs> well, just, just ask Johnny Gargano. <laughs> fucking love you man <laughs> well played yeah alright guys uh, thank you so much and we will see you all we'll have we'll have some programming coming for you this uh, this week so just keep it locked on our uh, on our, all of our uh, social media and everything until then happy wrestling to you all happy Memorial Day and we'll see you next time uh, peace Biggest bad boys of podcasting.